1: That was our theme we told them we wanted to play them right here in our box dominant performance here for the dogs and the march to atlanta and beyond continues for this georgia bulldog team you get what you earn we earned this tonight
2: the number four team in the country they come to south bend and lose to an unranked notre dame team Dominators.
1: I wish I could say I saw it coming nights like this want to
2: forget. LSU, Alabama. There is a passion and a wildness to these matchups. And that
0: is patented
2: Bryce
1: Young magic. Then Alabama with the field goal to force overtime. Bama's got
3: to get a stop where their playoff hopes are over. God! It's God! LSU does it! To come here and, and restore the pride and tradition of, of this program just means so much.
2: You got loud on Saturday, and this tweet says it all a picture of their seismograph from the science team at the time of their overtime touchdown, and then again on the game winning two-point conversion. You could hear them, that's for sure. We said it could be a wild weekend, and it was. Clemson, Tennessee, and Alabama all lost this week, and the results will shake the CFP rankings. It was the first time since November 2016 that three AP top six teams lost in the same day in the regular season. Meanwhile, what a season it's been for TCU. They win their ninth in a row, the first time since 2010 that the Horned Frogs start the season with nine wins. They went 13-0 under Gary Patterson, now a Texas assistant coach. Big Ten heavyweights Ohio State and Michigan both kept their perfect seasons alive with wins on Week 10. They remain the only two non-SEC schools to have at least a 60% chance to make the college football playoff, according to ESPN Analytics. Happy to have you with us on this College Football Live Election Day coverage, if you will. Uh, First, a thank you to the men and women working the polls, making it possible. Greg McElroy, Desmond Howard, I'm Wendy Nix. For our purposes, our polls close at 7 o'clock tonight. That's when we'll hear the latest college football playoff rankings. Right now, though, one early vote to cast, Greg, your vote for the most surprising moment of Week 10.
1: Well, it had to have been Texas throttling Kansas State. You're going to say throttling. They they didn't win that convincingly. But, y'all, this has been arguably the most inconsistent team in America. From half to half, from quarter to quarter, from drive to drive, you never know what you're going to get from the Texas Longhorns. And I think part of what makes them so exciting is their unpredictability. And, by the way, you just referenced it, Wendy, Texas host TCU this weekend on Saturday night in what should be a chaotic environment. And one of probably the biggest home games that Texas played in the Steve Sarkeesian era.
3: Well, Greg, talking about a team getting throttled, how about the number four Clemson Tigers? Um, You know, going to that game, I thought there would be an issue taking on Notre Dame. I do an MVP segment every Saturday morning and the V is for vulnerable. And I said, I thought that Clemson would be kind of vulnerable going to South Bend, but I never imagined that they would lose 35 to 14 I mean it was just a hell of a defensive performance by Notre Dame and the offense was clicking and I just I can't tell you Greg I've seen the the last time I've seen the Clemson Tigers offense look that bad so talking about getting throttled the, the number 14 in the country Clemson t- Tigers throttled by Notre Dame
2: You took the words right out of my mouth, Des. That's where we need to use the word throttle. The loss also snaps Clemson's 14-game winning streak. That had been the longest streak in the FBS. Uh, When you have a campaign, you have to have a platform, right? So let's take a look at these two. Number seven, TCU, versus number one, Tennessee. They can both make a strong college football playoff case. They rank 1 and 2 in the FBS in wins against AP Top 25 teams. Tennessee ranks 1st in yards, 2nd in points, TCU tied for 3rd. And according to ESPN Analytics, they rank 2nd and 4th in strength of record this season. So that number 4 spot, Greg, really where there will be some question marks tonight, I'll ask you to make the case for TCU.
1: Well, it's, it's not a very difficult case to make. The only number you need to focus on, you just gave us a laundry list of them, is zero. TCU has zero losses on the season. They're 9-0. They've beaten every team that has sat in front of them. And while they have been somewhat fortuitous, there have been a handful of teams that have played against them that have lost their starting quarterback either during the game or before. Before the game, whatever that time may be. But TCU has done everything that's been asked of them. And why? Why is it that we are trying to suggest that there is this massive difference between Tennessee and TCU? Or if we want to take it one step further, TCU, Tennessee, and Ohio State. They all have unbelievably potent offenses. We all know that they can put up points against anybody. And while they might have a couple question marks on defense – they still have shown the ability to outscore every single person on their schedule. So, Dez, to me, TCU is a no-doubter because they're undefeated and at the number four
3: spot. Well, Greg, I tell you what, to keep it 100, I would have had TCU TCU at number four a week ago, (laughs) not Clemson. It made no sense to me whatsoever. I've been impressed with TCU, but I'm also – I've been impressed with Tennessee, too. I mean, this team, don't forget – Not only did they take care of Alabama at home, but people forget, you know, I know everyone's in love with Brian Kelly and LSU and what they did a week ago in overtime against Alabama. This Tennessee crew traveled to Baton Rouge and they ran LSU out of their own stadium. People kind kind of forget that. So they had a bad game against the defending national champs the Georgia Bulldogs. But listen, we saw the metrics. We saw the numbers. They're still one of the best teams in the country. Potent offense, explosive offense. So I think Wendy, they shouldn't fall they shouldn't fall further than number four from number one.
2: Yeah, look, it didn't change overnight. That offense still is what it is. And we'll turn now another country heard from, if you will, our college football playoff reporter, Heather Denich, again ESPN with the exclusive reveal of the latest rankings tonight. What should the committee, in your opinion, do, Heather? Well, they should
0: put TCU in because it's the perfect opportunity to reward them for their undefeated season at this point because it might not last long. They've got to go on the road and beat Texas and win at Baylor. So this could be a fleeting moment for the Frogs if they get in this thing. But I'm telling you guys, the selection committee could very well put Tennessee At that number four spot in college football playoff history, it's happened three times where a top four team has lost and still remained in the committee's top four in the following ranking. They love that strength of schedule. Boo Corrigan, the committee chair last week, talked about Tennessee's wins against Alabama and LSU, which carried the day for the Vols. And, guys, that win against LSU is looking even better right now. 40-13
2: to at LSU. He said it. You're right. It's insane, though, Heather, to me. I mean, undefeated is still undefeated, especially given the gauntlet they've already run. And now, as we've talked about, TCU will have to handle Texas. So, to your point, this could be short-lived. We don't know. It will be our featured game of the week, Saturday Night Football, presented by Capital One. Who else? The undefeated Horn Frogs and their balanced attack head to Austin to face the Longhorns. Coverage begins at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. It is also available on the ESPN app ahead on college football live. You heard Dez the tide turned for Bama in Baton Rouge. The question now what's next for Brian Kelly's high flying LSU Tigers and that's not the only sign of chaos on the college football campaign trail from punts to pundits we will relive the moments that made the weekend. up tonight, the exclusive reveal of the next college football playoff top 25 rankings. Reese and the guys will break it down from top to bottom. Bob Corrigan, the committee chairman and also NC State athletic director, will join the team 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on ESPN and the app. To quote the great... Herm Edwards, you play to win the game, and that's exactly what LSU did Saturday night, going for the two-point conversion and win against number 6 Alabama. A bold move by head coach Brian Kelly, but was it the biggest win of his career?
0: The biggest win of my career is going to be when we win a national championship. And so I'm focused on one thing when I came down here, and that's to win championships. That's one game. It was an exciting win but I I don't put it in the category of, of the biggest.
2: LSU has exceeded expectations this season, especially when you consider they lost week one to Florida State. From week one to now, their projections have changed drastically. They had just a 3% chance to win the division after that loss. Now sit at 88 with a 17% chance to win the SEC. Des, I'll start with you. How far should LSU move up in this week's rankings?
3: Well, because LSU opened up um, a week ago at number 10, I don't think they should move any higher than number seven uh, when the rankings come out tonight. Don't forget, they lost to a Florida State team that's unranked. They're 6-3 and three right now. And so I believe that they shouldn't move any higher than number seven. Eight may be a little too low, but I would not expect them to go to number six, Greg. I mean, don't forget, they also lost at home to Tennessee, 40-13, to 13, which is really an ugly, ugly home loss. So I would say... No higher than number – well, no, yeah, no higher than number seven for me, Greg. Well,
1: I'd actually have them at nine. Uh, and people are going to say, wait, hang on a second. that's only one spot. Well, I don't think they should have been ten last week. Uh, you know, and we've seen a lot of LSU. <laughs> I think that they're really, really good and really, really talented, but we've seen them get off to slow starts. We've seen them struggle at times. We've seen them also make adjustments at halftime and play really well in the second half of a lot of football games. So I have tremendous respect for LSU. But right now, I can't justify having them being in front of any of the Pac-12 teams right now. I'd have UCLA, I'd have USC, and I'd have Oregon in front of what I think is an excellent LSU team. LSU can still get there, and they're going to need some chaos in front of them. But right now, I can't justify having them, Heather, in front of any one-loss teams.
0: Well, I think Des is right. I think they're going to be hovering around number seven, and people have to remember that they have to win out, which I think they can, but if they win out and win the SEC, they have a chance to make history as the first two-loss team in the college football playoff, and that's because they would have had a win against Alabama, and they would have had a win against SEC champion Georgia in the SEC championship game. So, I would not pick them to beat Georgia. Let me be very clear on that. But they are in a position to enter that conversation.
3: Not only, Heather, if I'm not mistaken, not only will they be the first two lost teams, but what, will they not be the first team that ever lost the first game of the season and still made it to the college football playoff um, playoffs too?
0: Yeah, you might be right, because when Ohio State lost to Virginia Tech in 2014 and went on to run the table, that was week two, I believe. But, Des, to your point about Florida State, watch tonight if the Seminoles are ranked in the top 25, because all of a sudden a one-point loss to a CFP top 25
2: team doesn't look all that bad. (laughs) You know, it goes to show, guys, you watch that week one and you lose and the sentiment becomes your season is over. LSU really in a position to prove that's not true. We don't know for sure, but they have the opportunity. It would be their first trip to the SEC Championship since 2019. Obviously, with the chaos and the unexpected losses we saw over the weekend, the the rankings tonight are bound to shake up. Uh, Take a look at where we stand right now. This will change uh, after the Week 10 results are factored in. There are currently four undefeated teams left and they would be Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and TCU. Again, it's election day, so as we watched the polls, and in our case, Heather, that's the rankings, let me ask you this. I I know it does matter. Why does it matter where Tennessee and Oregon ultimately land today? Wendy it
0: matters because on selection day if the committee is looking at a one loss Tennessee team that doesn't win its division or the SEC it's going to be compared against a one loss Pac-12 champ and if it's Oregon that could be a very good debate because they both lost to Georgia it's wild they both played extremely poorly in those games but beyond that they played very well particularly offensively so as it comes out tonight who has the edge in the ranking could be an early clue as to which way the committee might lean on that selection day if it boils down to that particular scenario
2: you heard us use the word throttle earlier and it was apropos what uh, with the win over Clemson where where does uh, Notre Dame net out after tonight
0: Well, I think tonight could be a chance for the Irish to sneak into the top 25. I agree with Dez. I don't think Clemson should have been number four to begin with, but if they – if they are in the top 25, not only does that help Ohio State, it could also help USC as we talk about one lost Pac-12 chance. Oregon, USC, UCLA, they're all still in the mix. And if the Irish are a top 25 team, that could be a small window of hope if Ohio State loses to Michigan for the Big Ten to get two teams in. That's really the only thing separating those teams in terms of schedule strength
2: right now. We're going to have to make that three. I love Clemson, but I also thought that was a head-scratcher last week. We'll see what happens tonight. Heather, uh, thank you. Time now for our Capital One fan vote. We're looking at the unbeaten teams. There are four. The overwhelming majority thinks it will be Georgia that stay that way. They can't all stay that way, obviously, as we go. Some play each other. Uh, Don't forget to cast your vote on twitter.com slash ESPN College Football. Still to come, since we are talking about voting, a reminder, it's Election Day and our polls close at 7. That's when we learn this week's college football playoff rankings. We'll have one final debate when we come back.
3: A day to enjoy college hoops while
1: honoring heroes legendary coach Tom Izzo leads his Michigan State Spartans against preseason All-American Drew Timmy in the second-ranked Gonzaga Bulldogs. From the flight deck of the USS Abraham Lincoln, it's the Paraton Armed Forces Classic, Veterans Day on ESPN.
2: Take a look at this week's ultimate performance presented by BMW. goes to not one, but two teams, SMU and Houston, combined for 140 points in regulation and 16 total pass touchdowns, both FBS records. Oh, and by the way, SMU won by a final tally of 77 to 63. That was not, however, the only chaos on the campaign trail over the weekend. How about this? Georgia's Brett Thorson turns in a 75-yard punt, potentially the punt of the year, something Tennessee fans didn't expect when they called Stetson.
3: How many phone calls?
1: Probably six 700. No. Phone calls. Not just text. text everything. Putting them right? on fire I mean, Yeah, I figured out a way to hide them. Hide them also, show up. What like time the oh. By noon? Wow. Any messages? Yeah, a lot, a lot, lot, of messages. <laughs> uh, Do you return any? <laughs> no, no, didn't return any. You just just, just sat on yeah. <laughs> them. Like Is that kind of thing motivation? I mean, you know, I mean, I, I know that kind of silly stuff happens all the time, but did it light a little fire? I wouldn't say motivation, but it's, it's uh, there's probably something there.
2: Come on, how could it not? Listen, when when your players don't perform, as in this case, what's a coach to do? They don't deserve to sit, says Mike Leach. So you know what? He took care of the problem. You don't sit. You don't have chairs. We're all good here. Nothing to see. Meanwhile, Kansas upset Oklahoma State. Took their goal post all the way to Potter Lake. So this one, as you might imagine, is going in, but not to worry, unlike Tennessee, apparently. They did not need any kind of funding for new goalposts. A little bit of shade there. Apparently, they had that all taken care of. And how about this? Just tremendous from Bo Nix. Not only did he catch, that's right, catch a touchdown pass, in addition to his two passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns, that's five. The first player since 01 to have multiple pass touchdowns, multiple rush touchdowns, and a receiving touchdown in the entire game. Wow. Let's take a look at the Heisman favorites while we're at it. C.J. Stroud, the top at plus 160, followed by Hendon Hooker. Bo Nix tied for third-best odds with the only non-quarterback in the top ten, Blake Corum, and the FBS leader in passing touchdowns, Drake May, is tied for the sixth-best odds. We continue to be reminded it's election day, Des, so cast your vote again, this time for the Dark Horse Heisman candidate.
3: I guess my Dark Horse... Candidate would be Bo Nix, Oregon's quarterback. I mean, he's been playing lights out ever since that Georgia game. I mean, just completing 73% of his passes, the only player with 20 touchdown passes and 10 rushing touchdowns. And guys, he has the Oregon Ducks offense number three in the nation, scoring 43 points per contest, and number two in total offense, averaging 520 yards per game. So Bo Nix is a guy who, when you watch him play, Greg, I'm just really blown away by his mastery of the offense, the way he controls the game. I mean, he's playing at a flawless high level right now. So, my dark horse, Wendy, would be Oregon's quarterback, Bo Nix. I don't know how he's a dark
1: horse. I feel like he's kind of on everyone's radar now. So, I appreciate the sentiment because he's played beautifully. You're right, Des. He's been awesome this year. I'm going to go with Drake May. I really believe this guy – is not getting the attention he deserves. I think part of it, people aren't paying attention to what North Carolina's doing. They're quietly sitting there, just navigating their way up the rankings. The problem with Drake May is he hasn't really had the platform to be able to showcase his ability. The one game that was big time was the game against Notre Dame, and that was arguably North Carolina's worst performance of the season. I think some people remember back to the game against Appalachian State, but that's hardly the platform that you can win a Heisman Trophy. The good news is he will have the chance to play against Clemson in the ACC Championship more than likely, and he will have some nationally televised platforms here in the next couple weeks. But will they move the needle enough to overtake a C.J. Stroud or a Blake Corum that would clearly reside in front of him? Probably not. But I can tell you this, if Drake Mays not in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony, something is really wrong with the award.
2: (laughs) All right, speaking of really wrong, there'll be plenty of people who find things wrong with tonight's rankings, no matter how they pan out, Des. But uh, until we know, which is around 7 o'clock tonight, give me your top six.
3: Well, I would go Georgia. They're clear-cut number one, dominating a dominant performance against Tennessee a week ago. I think Michigan has been just a steady Eddie uh, ball club. And then you got Tennessee, Ohio State, TCU, and the Oregon Ducks. Pretty good, Dez. I think All right, we're so you've got TCU at five.
2: Page. All
1: right. I think we're pretty close to the same page. Uh, I, however, have TCU at four. I'm going to go Georgia one, Michigan two. I think they're more complete than Ohio State. Ohio State would be three. I have TCU sitting at number four. At number five, it gets a little bit trickier. I still have Tennessee sitting at five, and then I have Oregon at number six. But a good solid top six. I think there's really up to eight, maybe nine teams that could still make the college football playoff.
2: All right, guys, again, you can see it all. Reese Davis holds court tonight at 7 o'clock. It is Election Day. Don't forget to get out and vote. Des, great job. You got your little sticker. Uh, we'll try and follow suit, and we'll be back tomorrow.